mini episode 1358 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello and welcome to FDH Lounge mini episode 1358, our 2020 Summer Olympics preview. I'm FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with our top five notes of interest for this unprecedented event. Number five, postponed by one year, it's inescapable that these games will be defined by the global pandemic that the IOC foolishly assumed that they could avoid with the delay. Sure, Simone Biles has a chance to make a case as the all-time greatest Olympian, and there will be great stories of triumphing athletes all throughout the landscape, as is always the case. But there are already COVID-19 infections in the Olympic Village, and it's likely that some competitions will be tainted by the loss of top athletes due to the disease protocols. And actually, it's equally crappy for any athlete, no matter their prowess, to be sidelined because of all of the sacrifices that they have made to get here. The games themselves will be held under a freaking state of emergency, which leads to, number four, essentially, every event will be held in a glorified TV studio. Most of the reason that these games are still going forward is that money is what makes the world go round, and specifically in this instance, TV brings the money. Beyond the usual ratings ploy on the NBC mothership, and the legions of cable channels under the banner, the Olympics are being used to help further establish the Peacock streaming service that is at the top of the pyramid of NBC Universal priorities. Remember the 1992 Summer Olympics triple cast, the pay-per-view experiment that brought all events together under one bundle? Well, essentially, Peacock will be the modern equivalent of that. Of course, with no crowds, the international TV networks are paying for glorified studio programming. That may not matter much when you're watching an event not noted for crowds going wild, for example, fencing, but Olympic basketball games with Team USA, the opening and closing ceremonies, it's going to be very jarring to watch major parts of these Olympics with no crowds there to watch the games. That said, number three, what happens in Tokyo will still not stay in Tokyo. These games serve as a vital reminder of what is often forgotten in America these days, that the global pandemic is not over, even though it's almost exclusively ravaging the pockets of mouth-breathing anti-vaxxers in the U.S. But COVID-19, the Delta variant especially, is still wrecking havoc in many places globally where citizens do not even have the great luck to have access to the vaccines that so many Americans are stupidly turning up their noses at. The Olympic Village is not a bubble akin to what the NBA and NHL put in place last year. Outbreaks in the Olympic Village and beyond will mark dozens and dozens and dozens of corners of the globe at minimum. This is deemed acceptable because, number two, the International Olympic Committee is at least consistent in their concern, or lack thereof, for human life and well-being. 
Let's not forget that it's the same governing body that essentially hosed off the blood of the Israeli athletes at Munich in 1972 and kept on grinding joylessly through the rest of those games. Everything is negotiable except their profits and those of their TV partners, as already mentioned. A governing body so exclusive, blue-blooded, and powerful that it makes the Bilderbergers look like a Trump rally by comparison, the IOC does what it wants because it can. Polls have shown that the Japanese people reject, by wide margins, the great quote-unquote honor of hosting these games in such perilous times, but they are moving forward anyway. At minimum, the IOC owes Japan a rain check, the promise of games untainted by this once-in-a-century phenomenon sooner rather than later. But just as the NFL owes Cleveland a real draft hosting opportunity, instead of the half-measure stump bestowed this past spring, don't hold your breath. But with that said, number one, it's not all doom and gloom, especially if you were able to avert your eyes for a while from the real-life consequences of these games. There are many incredible storylines in what should be incredible, blistering heat. As mentioned previously, Simone Biles is chasing unprecedented greatness. USA Basketball is facing potentially their biggest embarrassment in the Olympics since 2004. Naomi Osaka will try to win gold in a country where she holds citizenship, as she is one of the big-time tennis and golf pros who will liven up the games. Katie Ledecky looks to solidify her place on the Mount Rushmore of swimming, and Allison Phoenix looks to do the same in track and field. There will be six new or returning sports contested, baseball, softball, karate, skateboarding, sports climbing, and surfing. And let's not forget some of the most fun competitions at any Olympics, team handball, which is always awesome, boxing, and rugby sevens. One way or another, these games are going to be remembered as completely unique. Thank you for joining us for this mini-episode of the FDH Lounge.